We're going to turn the service over to Pastor Drake. He can't be back. I want them to obey the Lord. I want them to obey the Lord and uh, just allow the Lord to, uh, amen, use them. Uh, he knows that uh, he's welcome to be obedient to the Lord. I just want him to uh, come today and just bring what the Lord, amen. If you're thankful for them, amen, and appreciative of what the Lord's getting ready to do, give the Lord a hand clap as they come, amen, as we come Thank you, Lord, for my husband. In my defense, we don't have this all 
like, okay, so it wasn't like I just went to work without consulting the husband. It's just uh, he had dropped in my ear. You know, if we do this ourselves, we can save money. So how many know that we have a very useful tool nowadays? We can pull up YouTube videos. We can find out how to do this stuff and save all kinds of money. Praise the Lord. I keep opening up my downstairs sink to make sure there's no water, you know, dripping down there. And it's still good. It's still dry. Praise the Lord. It begins to catch on fire. 
today that sometimes God has to catch some things on fire in your life to get your attention because we would just wander about aimlessly doing the same old mundane things. We would just keep doing what we're doing and just live in a place of complacency. Had it not been for a bush that the Lord sent along our way to get our attention, to shake us and shake us and get us to see that God is trying to light some things up in our life. Amen. He's trying to get us to seek Him like we've never saw Him before because somewhere there's somebody that needs this altar of God that you see every Sunday morning. Your eyes look up here at this altar and there's some people that you're gracing in your presence that need to see this altar that you're seeing. He called
my son singing that. I believe it. I'm hanging on to it. I'm sorry. I don't know where I'm going so long. But you know, when he was uh, nine, ten years old, I was taking a nap. This is for the mamas who are struggling like me. With the baby that should be here with you this morning, but it's not here. And then he come into my living room. I was coming up from waking up from a nap, and he said, See, my daughter just got our daughter had got filled with the Holy Ghost. He said, Your daughter's on fire for God, but that boy of yours, I've got him. And was whispering these terrible things in my ears. Said, as a matter of fact, by the time he's 22, he's mine. I'll fully have him. See, he's going to be 20 in December. And church, maybe this is just a prayer request. I don't know why I'm telling you this. But the closer the boy gets to 22, he's wrecked four cars. I see the enemy intensifying his game. A few weekends ago, he went off a 12 to 15 foot drop over the side of like a culvert bridge. And when we drove to look at it, there was a wall. And that tow truck driver said if he would have hit that wall in that little car, six foot two, I don't know if he'd be here. But God. Amen. And when I asked him, he said, Mom, when I looked up and I saw the wall, he said, just at the last second, I should <laughs> turn my wheel. And I went off the side, but I didn't. Meaning that 
when God drops a thought in my spirit, I, 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 I go with it. And this, this message is not, but I want to say this, that um, when my wife was speaking about Moses, Moses got his calling out of someone else's trouble. Sometimes you won't know what your callings and gifts are until you see other people going through problems and it begins to bring out the gifts inside of you. Now, I'll preach. That's for another message, but that'll preach. Look at somebody and say, see, no, no, no. let's go. Let's go to Genesis chapter 15, verse 7. I, I really need to get going because I'm telling you, there's so many thoughts in my spirit right now. I could preach from Genesis to Revelation and we could chase rabbits all day. Genesis 15, 7 says this, and he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of the Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? He said unto him, take me a heifer of three years old and a she-goat of three years old and a ram of three years old and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these and divided them in the midst and laid each piece one against another, but the birds divided he not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. And when the sun was going down and deep sleep fell upon Abram and lo, and a horror of great darkness fell upon him, he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs and shall serve them and they shall afflict them 400 years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge and afterward shall they come out with great substance. And thou shalt go into thy fathers in peace Thou shalt be buried in a good old age, but in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is yet not full. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. And in the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land from the rivers of Egypt and the river of the great river, the river Euphrates. Go ahead, Father, we're so thankful today to be in your house. We thank you for your word that is the light in our path and the lamp in our feet. Minister in our hearts concerning this word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, on a lighter note, I, 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 I sometimes I wonder if I don't have spiritual ADHD. Because I turn around and put my jacket down there and I see this little bowl with so many batteries. I got enough batteries to, 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 to power up Columbus. <laughs> And that's got Pastor Jeff's name written all over it. He's got to be the one that, that has the batteries in the, the, the thing. But uh, for a few moments this morning, um, I want to preach a message, no cosigner needed. No cosigner is needed. How many ever went to acquire a car or furniture and you were rejected because you didn't have good credit? And the question they would ask is, since you don't have the collateral or the credit, is there somebody that can co-sign for you? Is there somebody that would be willing to take on the debt 
Because your history tells us that you may not be the most responsible person. And we really don't want to give you something and have to eat the debt. And so when we understand one thing about God is God knows us better than we know ourselves. And he knows that there are some things that he knows that we are not going to be able to keep the end of the bargain. And so I want to preach a message this morning on no cosigner needed. And one of the things that we understand about God is that God often speaks in terms we can understand. Meaning that God will step down into the arena of our lives. He knows our customs. He knows the way we speak. Now, I know I'm getting off tangent for a moment, but we've got, I mean, our, group, our youth group is growing, our children, our, our teen group is growing, and they're teaching me some things. So you young people, let me indulge me for a moment. One of the things I'm learning is it's sus. You kids be like, oh no, this preacher's crazy. Or, or as one kid tells me, they walk one elementary kid walked off my bus the other day and said, you're cringe. I'm like, okay. But the one that really got me is the teenagers are walking around saying, you're done. You're done. And so I'm going around, and now the thing is, we got a thing in our church now that when, I, when, when service is going on, I'm having people texting me saying, can I testify? And so what, what I'm saying is, how many knows serving God can be fun? Right, right. How many knows you need to look at the devil and say, you're done? Yeah, yeah. Amen. And so and I brought out that because that's the customs in the life that we live. I've never seen the English vocabulary turned into words I can't understand. How many knows our kids speak in languages that we need the Holy Spirit to interpret? And so if you understand where Abram comes from, came from, understand that often God speaks in terms we can understand. He knows our customs. He knows the way we talk. But then there are times when the Lord came on this planet and he spoke in parables and they did not totally comprehend what he was saying. And so there are some things that God will indulge us and he will come down into our arena and he will speak to us. But then there are times, times where God will require us to go higher because he wants us just to hold on. I feel like telling somebody this morning that God has revealed some things to you that you may not completely understand. But he's saying if you'll hold on just a little bit longer, the revelation's about to come to pass. That some things are going to die out in your life. That the battles that are in your life aren't going to last forever, but they're just for a season how many knows the victory that he's about to give you is eternal? Can you shout amen this morning? And so I, I, I don't know, I'm about to go off in a different arena. I can feel it already. But I feel like there's some individuals this morning. You're wondering what God is saying. What is God doing in this season? What is God doing in my life? But sometimes God doesn't give you the, the total understanding. But he just wants you to hold on just a little bit longer. That's what he did with Abram. He said, Abram, I'm going to give you a land that doesn't belong to you. You may not understand everything that's going on right now. But just have faith because without faith it's impossible to please God. Look at somebody and say, I may not understand. But I've got peace knowing that my peace passes all understanding. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning. But I come to shout in Columbus, Ohio. Because I know that I may not be able to see it. But God's got a need. He's going to meet the need. Look at somebody and say, God knows what he's doing. And so I said that to say this. That Abram was from a land called the land of the earth of the Chaldees. And Ur means in the Hebrew flame or a light of fire. And many believe it, is, is, it refers to one of maybe two things. Maybe number one it says that maybe it refers to God bringing Abraham out of a land, an idolatrous idol, idol, 
accurate. I can't even say it right. Idolatrous land because they worship with fire. But here's an interesting thing that I found out in one commentary. They said that the other thing is that some Jewish writers have a tradition that Abraham was cast into a fiery furnace for refusing to worship the idols. And through that, that maybe he was miraculously delivered. I don't know if it's true. At least it sounds, it sounds like something we can talk about. But one way or another, God had to bring Abraham out of something in order to bring him into something else. You would agree with me that God's not bringing you out of that warfare without the intent to bring you into the place that he wants to bless. You. I want to speak to you the tabernacle for a moment. He's not brought you through all the hell that the devil has put this church through for this church not to see the promises that God has for it. And Pastor God spoke to me and said, There's no co-signer needed. You're not going to have to use your own bank account because honey knows God has the money. Oh, come on, somebody. God's got the miracle. God's got the promise. Come on, somebody. I believe this morning there is no co-signer needed, but God said, Well, I've spoken. I'll back it up with my own fire. Somebody, my 
the dust of the ground. God wasn't wanting Abraham to see the seed as just a worldly thing. He said, I'm about to do something that's out of this world in your life. I'm going to ask a question. <laughs> I don't want to preach this morning. Have you ever gotten around somebody that was so lost in the spirit that they were so heavenly minded they couldn't do no earthly good at that moment? Because they were seeing stars. I think it was Jensen Franklin that said when he got away from the Lord and he went out and got drunk with his friends and took a little squig of marijuana, he got high one night. And while all his other friends were seeing devils, he was seeing Moses and Paul and, and Joshua. Amen. Because even in your bad times, he'll not leave you. Because I'm going to have to heard the Lord say, because i got a covenant on you, Abraham. I've got a seed that's going to come in you. Some of you wonder why the enemy's attacking you. You wonder why he's coming at you with a, with a, with a ferociousness that you've never seen. Because he knows of the possibility that is in you. He may be pushing you down. He may be pushing you down with depression and oppression. But hold on just a little bit longer because God said there's no co-signer needed in this day. You're not going to have to be the one that's going to have to fight much longer because victory is about to come. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody said victory is about to come. And he, he believed in the Lord and he counted to him for riches. Simply because Abraham believed God, he became righteous. See, I really believe this. This is so good. Again, it's not notes. But sometimes, Pastor, we want our situation to change. But God said the thing you need to settle is your person. You need to settle your faith. But Brother Rick, my bank account's all out of whack. I'm on the verge of bankruptcy. I'm on the verge of, of losing everything. But in reality, what you have to understand is that you have everything in God. So many, many years ago, me and my wife were on the verge of bankruptcy. We went to the lawyer. We paid the lawyer $1,000 to help us. A few months later, the lawyer died. And all of a sudden, we were wondering what we were going to do. We hired another lawyer to do it. And you know what? We just got to pray one day. And we said, God, we made this mess. We're going to believe our way out of it. One way or another, we're going to do it. Having those cops showed up, one creditor after another, we got paid off, and now we got three cars, a home. I'm here to tell you, God, before you, who can be against you? You might be in a mess right now, but God said, let me be the co-signer. You bring me the sacrifice, I'll bring you the signature. My God, I want to shout right there. If you bring me what's required, I'll give you what's I feel like telling you to tabernacle. The enemy's going to try to stop what God's doing. Because anytime you talk about building, them building inspectors get cranky. The devil will rise up them. But how he knows that God signed that God, if you'll give God what's required, I'll come on, Abraham, God. God said, Abraham, just give me your faith, and I'll co-sign it. Come on, just give me your faith, and I'll bring to pass what I've spoken in your life. And where I was going with that is some of you feel like you're on the edge, on the verge of giving up everything. But sometimes it's not your situation that has to change. But it's you need to change. You need to settle who you are in God. You need to walk in faith and not by sight. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. When all hell is breaking loose around you, if you got faith, you can be like David. He prepares a table before me, right in the presence of my enemies. If God got faith, I'm sitting. 
will settle itself. Everything may fall around me, but if I'm settled in Jesus, I'm going to be all right because I have faith. Yes. Look at somebody and say, have you believed? And he said, I'm the Lord God that brought you out of the land of the earth, the Chaldees, to give you this land to inherit it. What's amazing about that word inherit doesn't mean you're just going to walk in and receive it. It literally means in the Hebrew to occupy by driving out the previous tense. How many knows that sometimes in order to get what belongs to you, you will have to fight for it? Some of you got ministries in your life and you've been shut down. You need to fight for what God has promised you. You need, to, you need to fight for what God has given you. How many knows Judah Tabernacle is worth fighting for? Come on, somebody. Come on, your pastors are worth fighting for. This worship team is worth fighting for. The children's ministry is worth fighting for. That's enough to make me want to run an aisle right now. Because it's worth the fight, amen. Because I know that when I'm fighting, when I know that I'm occupying, when I know I'm in, I see, I'm not in enemy territory. I'm going to preach right here. Because, Pastor, where God has promised me, it is not enemy territory. It's my territory. He's on my territory. See, the enemy is on your territory. We need to take back what God has promised us. We need to inherit the land. Occupy it. Amen. Tell the enemy, you don't belong where I got his blessing. You don't belong where God has blessing. I don't know about somebody this morning, but I know I'm the repeat of the Lord. My son may not be saved right now, but look out, devil. We're going to shout together. We're going to praise God together because God said, Oh, yeah, really. 
Boy. I don't know why I'm picking that thing up. I've never done this before. I was preaching years ago in a service. How many of you bear with me just about another three hours? And I was saying that lost so lost and scared one night I was done preaching. I thought I was. I was at Brother Cox's church. And all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord hit me. I got up there and started preaching again. But I didn't realize the whole time, brother, I was preaching, it wasn't with a microphone. It was with a water bottle. <laughs> 20 minutes I was preaching and called out here. Hear my voice out of the microphone. You said, Brother Ricky, you lost your mind. I'm telling you, sometimes you got to lose your mind to gain what God has given you. Sometimes we got to be so heavenly minded that the earth doesn't wreck. I'm telling you, God said, I'll take the foolish things to confound the wise. Why do you all act like this in church? Because I don't know anything else. The only thing I know is that when victory comes, I'm going to
of to ratify a covenant, they would cut an animal, cut it in pieces, and lay it there. And the, the two people that were uh, that were contracting, covenant with one another, they would pass between those those carcasses, and that would ratify that covenant. But if they broke that covenant, they would it would have what would happen to them is what happened to that carcass. They would be split apart, and then their life would be cursed. And all of a sudden, Abraham knew what God was saying. Abraham's waiting for God to show up. He, he slices the, the ram in half and lays one side on one and one on the other. He cuts up the heifer and he lays one on one side and one on the other. He cuts up the she-goat and puts one side on one side on the other. And he's standing there and he's waiting. How many of ever just prepared something for God and you were waiting on him to show up? Come on, somebody. You were waiting on him to show up. But before he could show up, the fowls of the air come out of nowhere. Those fowls come flying down and Abraham amen was fending off those fowls because those birds were birds of prey. They was after the sacrifice and when I read that God spoke to me and said Rick do you know why those fowls wanted those carcasses they wanted what Abraham had prepared for me. I'm here to tell some of you that the devil is after what you have prepared for God he is after your worship. Why do you think you're going to get busy when it's church time? Because he wants to take the time that you have set aside for God. Why is it that when you go to pray, somebody wants to call you ain't it amazing nobody ever wants to buy you a meal until you push back your plate and then every Tom, Dick and Harry wants to take you out to a buffet. I'm here to tell you not that people are demonic, but those fowls will come down. They want to devour because they realize that there's about to be a covenant that's about to be ratified. But here's where I'm going with Abraham, the Bible says, Pastor, he drove them away. You look up that word drove in the Hebrew, you know what it means? To blow, to breathe. He breathed on them. What did he breathe on them? He spoke the word, brother. He spoke the word. I believe he looked at those fowls and said, This is my promise. This is my victory. Some of you, don't you ever entertain gossip about your pastor. Don't you ever entertain gossip about your church. Because I'm going to tell you, there's some vows that are flying around. And they're only after one thing. They're after the dead sacrifice. But the Lord said, I'm after something that's living. He said, present your bodies a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God. That be your reasonable service. Sometimes when you're preparing things for God, you have to be, you have to have the ability at any moment to drive the fowls away. Because they are after what you have prepared for God. Ain't it amazing outside relatives don't come, but they come Sunday morning. We got people today that they indulge the carnality of people. Well, I just I just missed my fifth straight service because family's coming over. Right. And you're not understanding that somewhere underlying that factor is the fowls are still flying. Come on, man. But here's where I'm going with it all this to say this. That all of a sudden Abraham's put in a deep sleep. And great darkness came over him. And you know, Pastor, I noticed something about God. 
even though God gave him a preview of the good things, God gave him a preview of the things that were not going to be so good. He said, Abraham, your seed is going to go into bondage for 400 plus years. I'm going to bless you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And, but Abraham, you're going to die at a good old age. I'm going to bury you. You're not going to be able to be around when the covenant's still coming to pass. So your signature, if you was to sign on the dotted line, it's only good until the last breath leaves your body. But let me do something for you, Abraham. Let me make this a unilateral contract. Let me make this a type of contract that I will be the only one that signs on the dotted line but I'll let you inherit the blessing. Come on, somebody. You and I should have split hell wide open the moment we were born. The church should not even be here today. But you know what the Lord said? Let me make a unilateral contract. God said, let me send my son down to die for you. He's going to come to this planet. He's going to walk on this earth. He's going to walk in perfection. He's going to go to the cross. Those nails in his hands were just going to cause the blood to drip down. demonic activity in your life he knows that the answer is about to oh yeah 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 can I preach here for a moment he knows that God's a God of his word and he cannot let us down since I'm telling you what I, I follow you on Facebook and I've seen the jobs that you've had and the struggles and the battles but God has never let you down how he knows he's a God of his word God signs that you you know you didn't even have to fill out the application before you ever walked in how he knows that's the type of God we serve we've got a couple in our church that 
pastoring in South Carolina. I kept close with them about two months ago. The church told them they don't need them anymore. They had to move back to Indiana on faith. And Pastor Darren, he got a, him and his wife got jobs before they ever moved to, to Indiana. How many knows God said, if I be for you, who is going to be against you? I'm here to tell somebody that job that's about to come to you, God has already signed your name upon the dotted line. The money that you need is about to be released because God said no co-signer is needed. Judah Tabernacle, I'm prophetically speaking this season. That money is going to come in out of nowhere and no co-signer is going to be needed for what God's about to do. Come on, somebody shout amen because when the burning fire and the oven and the lamp passes through, we're going to know that God said that's my signature. Said, I'm after your prayer life. Let me find it real quick. I'm going to close. Somebody come to music. If you don't, I'll preach another hour. <laughs> the more I try to be less lengthy, the lengthier I get. He said, I'm after your prayer life. Because he said, if I can get your prayer life, I can get you not to pray. You won't stand long enough to receive what I promised you. Secondly, he said, I'm after the property, the price that I promised you. I mean, it was the enemy's after. He doesn't want to see. You know, I, I, I seen on Facebook where the brother's trailer was stolen. Did they ever find it? Devil is a liar, isn't he? Yeah, he is. You know why the enemy does stuff like that? Because he wants to give the church a bad name. The church doesn't have nothing to do with it. Well, the church, they're, they're here and they're there. This is God's promise. Pastor, this is God's promise. And the enemy's doing everything he can to take what he has promised you. But what we've done is we've not learned to stand as God told Moses and as they were at the Red Sea, stand still and see. We're running. And the other thing that God said that the enemy is after Abraham or posterity. Posterity means future generations. If Mama Leslie would have gave up years ago, would her seed be here today? I don't know. Brother Mike, I don't know. But you know, sometimes it's good to remember where we've come from. Can, can you indulge me for just a moment? I feel this is a heart that I got. Two and a half weeks ago, I received a phone call. Where my aunt goes to church, my mom lives near the church. My mom's a backslider on the Lord. Pastor Dan Cook from over in Cincinnati called me up. He said, Brother, come preach for me tonight. This is on a Sunday morning before I even stepped on my pulpit. And you know what got me to go? I didn't want to go. I didn't feel like going. But he said, your grandma's going to be there. A 91-year-old grandma that I used to shout with when I was five years old in Norwood, Ohio. Why did you say that, Brother? Because I'm a part of her. I am the posterity that's come out of her. 
Both of my grandparents were pastors. My dad's mother impacted the western side of Cincinnati harder like any other woman in that area. They saved my grandmother. This is not the same grandmother. My grandma, my mom's mother, was the one I was in church with the other night. And, and I was able to pray with my grandmother. And there she is speaking in tongues under the spirit, under the power. And I said, God, I'm able to worship with her one more time. Said I'm after your posterity. Can I speak to some of you today in closing? Don't give up. Because the posterity ain't used about to be birthed. Pastor Jeff, how many times did you think of just walking away? Because pastoring is hard. Ministry is challenging. I sat with a pastor in our living room four days ago and the wife is crushed and hurt this pastor says I'm happier now working a job than I was pastoring the church do you realize the battles that pastors are under do you realize the weight that they carry because the posterity and here's the final thing God told me not only is he after your posterity, your future generations. I think there's one more. He's after. Well, stand your feet today. I guess there wasn't a fourth one. I want to ask a question today. I know we're tired, we're ready to go. But how many's got a promise over your life? You've been, under a, you've been under an attack. I stood up here while my wife was testifying. I can see the faces of some of the people. If you were honest, you wanted to come to this altar when she was talking. But you held back. Some of you wonder how it's going to work out. But God said, there's no cosigner needed today. I'm going to bless you if you'll just have faith. Where are you, Abram? Where are you, Abram? But Brother Rick, I don't have the education for that job. Where are you, Abram? Where's your faith? If I've promised it, I'm going to bring it to pass. Brother Aaron, to drive by and see my son's car parking in a grass field, I lifted my hands and I praised God. Because he's not in the hospital today. He's not six feet under. And he's going to be praying for us, for our sons. That's my posterity. That's my promise. And I can't give up now. I can't give up now. Because the Lord said, there's no co-signer needed, Rick. You can't move, but I can. Where are you, Abraham? You're struggling with your faith. You're struggling, wondering how it's going to work out. Would you join me up here today and let me pray with you as they begin to sing?